the Cordy Company, we're the design build people. 90% of our work is design build, the delivery method that keeps everyone under the same roof. Single source responsibility means you work with a skilled team that brings innovative solutions and added value to every phase of the job. To learn more, go to Cordico.com. That's K-O-R-T-E-C-O.com. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Build St. Louis, the podcast that captures and shares the very heartbeat of construction and development. I'm your host, Carrie Smith of Information Works. And in this episode, we're looking forward to learning all kinds of valuable, relevant tips and insights from my good friend and longtime journalistic colleague, Steve Houston, founder and owner of Compass Communications, LLC. And Steve has been a public relations specialist for more than 30 years, Steve. It's 25 years this year, but I have worked in the media or with the media for 45 years. Oh, so good night. I'm an old timer and I've been doing this a long, long time. Well, listeners, tune into our YouTube channel because he looks great. You're listening on <laughs> Spotify. Check that out. So anyway, Steve, I know you've been just coaching and helping businesses, organizations, trade associations, and other entities in leadership and employees tell their story and know when to tell it, what should be in their story, who's going to listen and all that good stuff. But Steve's helped lots of companies and organizations gain meaningful traction, I think, with the print and broadcast news media. And really, you've helped them build credibility for their brand in the process. So Steve, thanks very much for joining us. We're glad to have you here today on Build St. Louis. Well, thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Let's dive right into our topic for today, which I have dubbed Building Effective Working Relationships with the News Media. And we were talking a little bit before the episode started that this is sort of an ideal that often marketing directors are charged with doing, which would be an entire separate full-time position for a normal person and these sweet overworked people that are trying to get proposals out the door to win bids are also supposed to be doing this. And in reality, Steve, there's 24 hours in a day. How does that work out? I have great admiration for the AEC marketing professionals because from my observation in working these many, many years is they have a lot on their plate, and but they are extremely helpful in shepherding stories along. And they understand some of the important things that you really need to pay attention to if you're going to have an effective relationship with the news media. Sure. That makes sense. And I know for my company, and I'm sure for yours, a lot of the folks that I interact with daily are the marketing professionals because they're very, very good writers. But proposals, I think, rule the day. And there just sometimes isn't enough time and energy to do both. So get us started with company XYZ wants to earn some press, positive press for its latest design slash construction project. Steve, what, for starters, what would you tell them about what makes it newsworthy? And maybe what's the timing on approaching the media these days? I know there are fewer and fewer media people mm -hmm. to approach. Mm -hmm. Well, I think I think everything always starts with what will the project owner let you do? 
And if you have a timeline for this, typically what happens is that the project owner will want to issue that first news announcement, a news release or something like that, with a rendering that basically explains, here's what we're doing, here's the great benefits of it, here's why we're doing it. Now, AEC firms can actually help with that by offering their expertise in their particular field, whether it's design or you know, building itself or how it will be engineered. The owner may not be interested in all that much detail when they're first announcing it, but by offering your help, you at least give yourself the chance to be mentioned in that first release that goes out. And so say if this release goes out by the owner in January, typically maybe the construction won't begin in May. When construction begins in May, that is the opportunity to approach the owner and say, hey, we're going to start building. Would you like to do a groundbreaking? It's not essential that you do a groundbreaking, but you want to do that second bite of the apple, if you will which is the building coming out of the ground. It's reality, it's going forward. And so that's when often the construction firms can take the lead on the release and advance awareness. And they'll need some kind of imagery, depends on what they're building. If it's a distribution facility, maybe it's the tilt-up walls going up. If it's a different kind of facility, you just have to think through what's the process. And sometimes you have to just reuse the rendering. And then once the project is complete, then you have the completion release. And I always think of the completion release for the AEC community as being the one that a lot of the project's done. Hopefully, the owner is extremely pleased with your work. That's the time to get out, if the owner will let you, how you overcame challenges, how you executed the vision of the owner on this particular project. And if the owner is kind enough to do so, maybe give you an attaboy quote in your news release telling you, you did a great job. This is why it was good working with you. So that's typically the way it all kind of plans out. So, you know, you, you just close relationships with the owner always work best and always running everything by them will always work best. No, that's great. I appreciate that very much because I know as you do as well, those of us who write about construction, we would love to have a glimpse and in an interview with that project manager while the work's going on, which is sort of this not great timing for them, but the best timing for us. And we want to hear about all those intricacies. I want to know the silly factoids of how many tons of structural steel and all that good stuff. And it's hard, I think, for the project manager if they're off on two new projects and we come back several months later and want to know that stuff. I think Think that's got to be difficult. So the timing, what you said, makes a lot of sense with that. Do you feel like a news release ought to include beyond the architect and the general contractor or construction manager? Maybe we ought to be talking more to those structural engineer and the subcontractors, or I feel like sometimes I neglect those other project partners. And I wonder if that's without a news release getting to be pages long, if those might be other voices that could speak into the news release. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's valuable. And especially if you're representing, say, a subcontractor and an engineer, you'd like to be able to get that story out, but you're, you tend to be low on the food chain. So <laughs> you run up the food chain to the general contractor, the owner, and say, hey, we'd like to do something on this. This is rather innovative what we did, and it speaks to more of what I would say a trend story. Does it deserve a full-blown release? That's the question you have to ask. Are we pitching something that's interesting, that this project is emblematic of? That's usually what you're talking about. One of the great values of the things you do for CNR, for the project updates that you do, is that you get to take that deep dive into a project and 
would say, okay, what did the HVAC contractor do? How did they overcome this challenge? How did the electrical contractor resolve this issue? And the general contractors, in my mind, would want to say, we put together an excellent team and here's an example of it. So it's to their benefit. And the owner obviously will say, yeah, we chose the right people for this project and we're glad we did. Right. That makes a lot of sense. I had a question that seemed kind of negatively framed and I didn't really intend that. You could phrase it either way, one of the top one or two things that architecture, engineering, and construction industry companies typically do wrong when seeking PR. And then maybe what are the top two things they should do right? And maybe many of them do. That was a a terrible question. It rambled. (laughs) Well, a lot of them do. And they're guided by experienced AEC marketing teams. They generally understand these rules. But the number one thing that sometimes comes up is deadlines. We have short-term deadlines. We have long-term deadlines. What's a short-term deadline? Well, let's say that your PR firm or your AEC marketing professional has talked to the media and engaged them enough that the media knows that your firm has a proficiency in, say, repurposing dormant retail. And so the media calls you and says, hey, St. Charles County is having a public hearing on dormant big retail center. And we want to talk to you about what are the trends and how these things are being repurposed. And you say, that's great. Can we talk to them next week? No, you can't. The reason they're doing the story is because St. Charles is doing a public hearing that night. So they want to talk to you today. And I get it. Project executives, project managers, they're very, very busy. But when you have this media opportunity that's in your sweet spot, you got to grab for it and you got to meet the media on their timetable. Now, a long-term deadline would be something like your PR consultant has reached out to an editor and says, you're doing a story on a construction overview, what's being built, or an industrial market story, something like that. And it's going to be in about a month that you find out that this reporter is going to do the story. You ask the reporter, then when are you going to start doing your interviews to that story? Because I may have, my client may be able to help you out. And they say, in three weeks, you got to put on your schedule, three weeks, contact that reporter and say, hey, would you like to talk to my client? They've got this, this, and this, and maybe include a little information on a few insights in it. And that's the way to work on the media schedule and work with their deadline. It also allows your executives or whoever's going to speak to kind of better prepare for when that article is going to be and have their answers. And that's actually one of the other things is prepping for an interview. You just can't go into them cold. And it's all right to ask the reporter, can you send me some questions to prepare for? Because I think any reporter worth his salt wants the people to be able to prepare for their questions because they'll get a better story out of it. So it's okay to do that. And then there is a tendency, I think, sometimes to rely on, oh, overtly marketing the firm. Look, this the reporter wants to write a story. And if you think about it, would you rather read an ad or would you rather read a story that kind of details your company's experience and in your proficiencies? Personally, I'd rather read the story. I can read right, an ad right. anytime I want. So dial back the market speak and get more into what you are proficient at doing and how you did it. And you'll get a much better story about it. And the other thing I'd say is social media. Think about those posts. You get a nice article. 
you know, that fairly explained how you've helped build a building or design a building, sure. uh, rather than put out posts that says, thank you, publication for spotlighting our great services. You want to go deeper than that. You want to give people a reason to read it. So what I often do for my clients is I'll extract that key point in there that is so, it perfectly describes the skills of the business and how they were able to overcome challenges. And sometimes I'll just put it out in a quote and then attach the article to it. You want right. people to read the article. That's the whole point of it. Those are some of the things that I think companies really need to think about. No, that makes a lot of sense. You know, you and I, I know, call each other and lament, not to overplay it in this episode, but we lament the concept of what we tell sources is our deadline and that people don't really believe that that's a deadline. They think there's a drop deadline, drop dead deadline after the one we gave them and miss opportunities because of it. it so, you know, not to harp on it too much, but it probably took me five years into my 30-year career to realize that I either had to emphasize that or create some kind of fake deadline and then to make sure that everything came in. But I think you covered it on working on the pace that the media works at rather than the construction company works at. But any words of wisdom on communicating deadlines to your clients so that they don't miss opportunities in the media? Well, I don't want to let out the secret, but sometimes what I'll do is simply tell them, if the reporter tells me that they need to talk to them by the end of next week, sometimes I say the end of this week, just because I also, and I've been doing this a long time, but it seems to me that the sooner you're able to get back to the reporter and provide your nuggets of information, the better placement you will get in that article and the better treatment, plus the fact that I found that the more time you allow a reporter to write a story, the better the story is going to be. And never think that you're the only source that a reporter can do on a story. So they will bypass you if you aren't responsive enough in time. And so right. just... Be prepared to be responsive. Good point. Good point. Is there, you know, you mentioned the opportunities with one build that was a great example of, you know, the groundbreaking or the project announcements mm -hmm. and then the, the maybe the topping off of the building and then the, the completion. Is there such a thing as too much PR or is it too many times to ask for a bite at the apple from a media outlet? Or if you're, you know, there's got to be kind of like where the balance is between sending too much in or just growing to be a trusted source that they can rely upon. And they're okay hearing from you more often than others. I don't know how to ask that, but is it kind of like the lottery? You can't win if you don't enter or how many times are you supposed to enter? The weekly shotgun blast of PR versus Strategic PR, that's what I call it. Right. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I don't know of a company in the building industry here that has news that they have to blast out every week and blast out to anyone. If it's not relevant to the publication and their audience, that's doing you a tremendous disservice. I think a strategic PR approach is the best way to do it. And where that starts is in the planning process. So as you're developing your budget for the next year, you're looking ahead to the next year and trying to figure out, okay, what are we going to be building? What do we want to be known for building or designing or engineering? And map those out when we think we're going to be doing these projects. And then you can go to publications. CNR has an editorial calendar. Look on that editorial calendar. That is what the publications editors are saying. We think our audience is going to be interested in these topics. 
And so if you have a skill that can be spotlighted in those topics, then yes, you're going to want to try to present to that editor in a timely fashion. Here are my thoughts. Here's how I think I can help you with that article. And the last thing you want to do is say they're doing a August look at the industrial market. You don't want to call them in August and say, hey, I've got some ideas. You want to back it up at least, I usually do it about two months, maybe even three months, depending on the publication. Put it on my calendar and say, contact the editor, find out where they think they're going with this upcoming edition and when they think they might be doing interviews and begin building that article. That's when you contact. So timing is everything. And that's a good PR strategy to incorporate into what I would call an editorial planner for that year. Here's the projects we're going to do. Here's what we're going to promote them with. If you know something like May is always construction safety month. Okay. You want to push something out on safety that month? Okay. You'll have to think about that a little bit before May, but you can kind of have a realistic expectation of certain PR moments that will come up that are most strategic for you. And that's the way I'd approach it. Great. There's kind of a process-oriented question I wanted to ask, and that's journalism has changed so much in, we used to have staffs of people in newsrooms, and now it's just dwindled. So I know I have companies ask me, hey, should we write the piece or is somebody going to take an interest and, and write it for us? And I think you've already spoken to this, which was great and clarified that, you know, when you or I, for example, as a reporter or as a public relations person, we're writing a piece. If it's for a publication, there's going to be more than one source, as you aptly pointed out. But I wonder in what cases, maybe little articles on promotion of someone to an executive role at a company, people need to know that that would not be something that they should expect the media to spend time writing. But and so that's something they need to submit versus maybe writing an article that could be included in a greater piece that a reporter is working on. I just wondered what your thought is on the media. I I think you're talking about the difference between is my news, should that be in the news release format? And the news release format typically is project related, starting a project, we finished a project, blah, blah, blah. Or it could be an acquisition you've made, some kind of business release of that kind. And it may be a personnel release of significance. You've Somebody is succeeding the founder or, or CEO or something like that. Those are news releases. Then there's pitches. Now, a pitch, in my mind, and the way I've always thought about it, is this responds to trends, trends that are impacting the industry and that you have a proficiency in delivering solutions. And you may have them, a project may be an example of it. And it may be a project that you've already put a release out on, but it didn't quite carry in one publication. But now you've given them a reason through, by the way, this responds to a trend that you're going to see more and more of. The other thing I would say to people is patience. The news media, as you mentioned, they have many, many stories to do, a whole menu, and they have many more that they are discovering on their own. You have to have patience. You have to let your story percolate sometimes. And every now and then, you might find something in the news that might nudge your story to a little higher level on their list. It's okay to reach out to the reporter and just let them know that. And I think the reporters appreciate that. Now, you don't want to be pestering them about it, but I think if you can give them a solid reason to advance the story, sure, go ahead and do that. 
This is very basic, but if someone's listening, it just occurred to me and they've, their company maybe has never written a press release or it's been years. What's a good length? Are we talking double space to page and a half? You know, we're not going to go on. You don't want to go on forever because yeah. it's not as readable. Yeah. The typical personnel release, I think is a page of that. And the project release can be a page and a half, two pages, depending on the complexity of it. If it's a huge project, it's maybe much more. If it's a project that's speaks to some kind of trend that is really interesting. You might make it a little bit longer, but keep it short, keep it concise. I usually try to include maybe a little quote in there if I can for really the, sometimes it's just for the owner's benefit. And, you know, they recognize that, hey, we partners with this construction firm to build this project. And they're also giving us some good PR on it. And I think that's beneficial, beneficial to advancing the relationship. Exactly. What should be, what might be at the top of that press release? What information, contact information, I'm feeding it to you, but you already know, needs to be up there. And how responsive does the contact person need to be who's sending out the release? What if I'm a reporter on deadline, but it's nine o'clock at night and I'm putting this together and I have a question. What should be at the top of that release? Who can I get a hold of and will they be available after five? Well, yeah, it's pretty much, I'm a single practitioner. So on all of my releases, it's my email address and my cell phone number. And the media knows they can call me anytime and usually answer the phone unless I, for some reason, turn the volume down, which I've done now. But the quick way to get a hold of them so you can get a hold of a reporter, because again, you want to be responsive. There is... Probably if you continually can't be responsive to a reporter's needs, then you're really killing yourself if you want to have some kind of awareness of what you're doing in the media. So just get back to the reporter. Sometimes you can't help them. Sometimes it's, you know, that's really not in our sweet spot, but there's nothing wrong with saying, why don't you try this person? Or why don't you try that person? The media appreciates the fact that, look, this is not exactly my sweet spot, but this one is. And if, especially if like you're working with a subcontractor all the time, they would greatly appreciate it. So part of media relations is building the relations with the people you build with. So, you know, consider that. It's a great idea. And as single practitioners as we are, it gives us credibility to recommend someone who isn't our client, but can speak to the topic. So that can only help us, like you said, build relationships beyond the people that are paying us. That's good. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think the only other topic I wanted to be sure and ask you a question rather was how important images are in terms of story pitches and news releases. And I guess in the days gone by when it was print journalism, it was all about space constraints. We wouldn't be able to maybe include an image, but digital these days, I think imagery can only help if it's of the quality that can be reproduced regardless of who the audience is. So maybe if you could talk just a little bit, not necessarily in graphic design language, but just in a basic knowledge of what should we be including with the news release that will be reproducible image-wise. Yeah, high-resolution images are always good. Sometimes the image actually drives the story. And even if the media is not going to be able to use it, it's helpful when they manage, okay, I see what this looks like. And it oftentimes, what I found is images actually derive when you're going to issue the release. So, for example, you've got a multifamily project that you have been working on and has been in media, and it's time for the completion release, and the project is completed in January. Well, there aren't many firms I know of that are really going to say, let's take a picture of this multifamily project in January when everything looks dead on the outside. They're going to want to wait 
maybe two or three months, three months to, to the landscaping. So it looks nice. People get an idea of this is what the complete development looks like. And that's okay to delay your completion release for that long. So it's very important in television, obviously, very visual medium. They do require that what can we use visually for this story? Because they really don't want to do just talking heads. And we see that a lot when, say, maybe a contractor has a special event for high school students to introduce them to the construction careers. And they invite them to some place where they get to experience what it's like to be a construction worker. And that, that's highly visual. And you just need to kind of give the media a compelling reason to come there and use those visuals to describe the story and to do the story. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, I could ask you questions all day long, and I appreciate you being a part of this episode, Steve. We've been talking with Steve Houston, founder and owner of Compass Communications, LLC. And Steve, it's been a pleasure. It always is. And I have to tell the audience that you have impeccable timing with regard to St. Louis Construction News Magazine and other clients I work with. It's like you've memorized the editorial calendar because when you call, it's pretty much right when I'm sitting down to work on it. So I appreciate the effort that you put in in helping all of us tell a better story. Well, it's a valuable publication for the industry because, look, we know that the business press in general has shrunk. And, you know, St. Louis really should be grateful for the fact that we have publication that has a print edition that it covers the construction industry and some of those stories and concepts that say the daily newspaper, the Post-Dispatch or the Business Journal, they simply don't have the time or it's not quite in their sweet spot of what they cover. So I think it's valuable just to kind of keep tabs on those publications. And now that you're, you know, you're doing it, you've been doing it for quite some time, the Friday e-news blasts that you put out, those are really valuable, you know, just to keep people informed. Exactly. Well, thank you for joining us, Steve Houston, founder and owner of Compass Communications. And thank you listeners for taking in and learning from another episode of Build St. Louis. Until next time. Hello, my name is Anthony Thompson. I'm the CEO of the Kwame Building Group. You're listening to one of the greatest new podcasts in the city of St. Louis, Building Project Diversity. Please tune in and learn a few things about how you can improve diversity and delivery of your projects in the city of St. Louis. 